G'day, it's Phil Edwards, Vision CEO here, with a quick invitation to become part of this amazing beacon of hope called Vision. Together we can put our love into action to help people of all kinds build or rebuild their lives on the truth of God. Please consider the part you can play during our upcoming Visionathon appeal, remembering that it's your support that makes Vision possible, including this podcast. Life, Culture and Current Events from a Biblical Perspective, 2020 on Vision. Well, it's almost tax time, so some end of financial year insights. That means you might not be flying blind when you're preparing your tax return. Gavin Martin, the founder of Cornerstone Wealth, is back with us today. Hello, Gavin. Welcome back to 2020. G'day, Neil. Thanks for having us back. Gavin, I don't know how many years it is now we've been doing an update around this time and just updating listeners on some of the most significant things that they need to pay attention to at the end of the financial year. We're almost there. What are your thoughts on things like tax deductions and is this a good time to be thinking about what you might do with your finances? What's your insight? Yeah, it's a busy time of year, end of financial year, and it does present a great opportunity to... Uh, increase our stewardship of our resources so that's potentially saving some tax but along with that can be um, saving some tax by giving to tax deductible organisations um, it may be bringing forward some of your expenses and, and claiming the deduction earlier rather than waiting till next year there's lots of opportunities to uh, take advantage of um, but uh, yeah it's important to focus on uh, what what you individually should be uh, focusing on to be the best steward of your resources. When you're talking stewardship and giving a gift before the end of a financial year, the motivation for you might be to get a tax deduction, and that's quite relevant, isn't it, to uh, assume that you can get the best bang for your buck. If you make a donation, you intend to give donations to great organisations that are... Uh, lots of people got their hand out this time of year, but uh, when it's an advantage to you, good to take advantage of that. It is. It's a great opportunity, and you can think of it two ways. One is that you can um, uh, save a bit of uh, tax because you're uh, um, claiming a deduction. But the other way that I like to see it is it's potentially more of a glass-half-full approach, is that you're being able to be more effective in uh, supporting particular organisations. So you might be able to give double what you were thinking if you didn't get the tax deduction. Um, I like to think of it in those terms. And, of course, uh, how much you earn and how much you give, uh, all of that's relevant, isn't it, when you're talking about what sort of tax-deductible level you're actually going to receive? Yeah, that's right. So people who are on the highest marginal tax rate, earning uh, higher than $180,000 a year, they're going to save, uh, you know, 47% of whatever they claim as a tax deduction. Somebody earning between thirty seven to eighty seven thousand dollars they'll be saving about a third or thirty four and a half percent of um, whatever they claim as a deduction um, yeah so it's different uh, amounts of saving depending on what your earnings are uh, but it's um, particularly relevant for, for everybody uh, coming towards the end of the financial year okay well we're almost there Gavin what sort of things ought we and I'm talking you know ordinary wage earners perhaps small business owners what sort of things ought we be thinking about at tax time this time of year? Yeah, big picture-wise, uh, from a tax perspective, what you're trying to do is reduce your taxable income. And the way you do that is you, you pay for your expenses uh, prior to the 30th of June. 
and uh, so they might be uh, you're paying all your invoices if you're a small business. It might be that you're paying for your income protection cover if you're holding it outside of super. They're deductions that you can use to reduce your taxable income and it will bring forward the amount of money that you'll either not pay out in tax or money that you will get back in tax uh, a year as opposed to waiting till after the 30th of June each year. We've talked about tax deductible giving so you can actually um, you can give and to a tax deductible recipient um, and uh, claim a, a deduction that way. Uh, there are other ways to claim deduction as well with things like personal deductible contributions to superannuation and the rules with that have freed up this year to enable salary and wage earners to make those types of deductions close to the end of financial year as well. So there's many different ways you can do it but it's um, different for everybody's particular circumstances but well worth considering uh, as we approach the 30th of June deadline. Gavin, I imagine a lot of people take the opportunity at the end of a financial year to just do a quick audit on what's happening with their finances and sometimes it's good to reset your budget, uh, look at your insurances and uh, income protection cover. What, what are the things you might find advantageous to look at uh, this time of year as we're on the end of the financial year? Yeah, it's good to review all those things and... Um one in particular strategy that uh, that we is, is bread and butter a part of the savings that we implement for clients is the, the salary sacrifice. So as we tick over to the 1st of July, it is great to review how much you are salary sacrificing to super. That's the amount you choose not to take as income uh, from your pay packet, but uh, direct it to your super fund. Really tax-effective way to save money. It's good to review that uh, each day. Uh, July and um, also good to review for example um, the, the fact that I think um, tax savings are going to be um, commencing from the 1st of July this year as they were passed I think last week and uh, if you're going to get an extra $500 a year or $10 a week uh, think about how you might be able to save that you could put that towards uh, you know further uh, giving it might be towards uh, paying off debt uh, more quickly uh, you could, so you can start to reset those um, items as well. What about the issue of prepaid interest? Is that something you take advantage of this time of year? Yeah, I'm not a big fan of um, taking on a lot of debt to invest, um, particularly into shares. I guess property is a little bit more uh, con uh, consistent in the Australian uh, context. Uh, but sometimes there is an advantage in prepaying the interest a year earlier. And again, it's a similar principle as we've talked about earlier in the conversation where you pay the, the, the um, expense now and you'll get the tax saving in a few months when you submit your tax return rather than waiting over another 12 months uh, to get that benefit. The risk of that type of strategy is that you need to then consistently do it year on year. Otherwise, you'll end up uh, having... A, uh, a year where you don't claim it and then you'll uh, have a spike in your income which can then uh, cause some cash flow issues. But another good way to uh, bring forward the uh, tax return by prepaying interest. 
I imagine too, Gavin, this time of year, a good time for husband and wife to have those sorts of conversations about money. Uh, it, you know, you do s- sort of hit a reset button, don't you, at June 30. Uh, what are your thoughts for married couples and for the ways that you might manage your family finances for the next year, the rest of the year or the whole of the next financial year? Yeah, I often find that more people... Uh hit the reset button around uh, January when they've got a little bit more time to reflect on what's happening for the year ahead. Maybe it's the New Year's resolution. But from a financial perspective, uh, rules change around um, the 1st of July, uh, thresholds change. And so it is a really effective time to um, to click the reset button there, review uh, what your expenditure is uh, going to be, what are the goals and plans for the year, and use that time to work together, um, have set those joint goals so that you are working together, coming closer together as you're working into towards and achieving those goals. And, um, uh, yeah, let that uh, be a, uh, an item that brings you together, bring your finances uh, bring you together rather than uh, pulling you apart. With, because finances are the, the biggest argument starter in marriage. And if you can use that as a a thing that brings you closer and not further apart, I think that sets you in good stead. And Gavin, any sort of outlook, insight you might have for us uh, for the rest of the financial year, uh, for the rest of the calendar year? Uh, Do you have any sort of insight that might shed some light on uh, how how you think the economy is going or what uh, you think uh, is happening with interest rates or finance in any particular uh, avenue? What are your thoughts? Yeah, my thoughts around... uh the next uh, 6, 12, 18 months is really around interest rates. I think that's going to be the biggest um, a factor that will impact uh, in, on individuals. Uh, we're already hearing some um, well-known, mature economists talking about you know, the fact that they think the RBA, the Reserve Bank of Australia, should be increasing interest rates now. They think that uh, if we delay it any further, um, most economists think that the interest rates are going to go up, uh, you know, after March of 2019, uh, there's more agitation to bring that forward because interest rates around the globe are going up and we're going to be left behind and there's going to be largest shocks if we leave it till later. So I think that's going to be the biggest key. As soon as we see that um, interest rate rises, it's going to put people under pressure. It's going to put property prices under pressure, particularly in the major, um, the major capital cities. And uh, so I think that's the biggest caution I would have for people. Don't get too over leveraged don't take on too much debt and um uh, yeah try to have a little bit of buffer in your in your budgets and of course the idea of as a christian having a biblical foundation for our finances what's your encouragement gavin do people to uh, dig a little deeper and uh, find those biblical principles that will enable them to manage their finances as good stewards of those yeah, I think the biggest part of the biblically, biblical approach to finances is understanding what our role is and that we need to be good stewards of our resources. But then God has his role as well in that he um, promises to provide for us, he provides for the sparrow on the ground, um, and he promises to provide for us as well. So it's about not getting too um, concerned about your finances, but just making sure that... Um, you are doing what your part is. And so that's looking after um, not just the 10% that we sometimes think is 
the bit that relates to God, but thinking about the 90% as well, the other part of it, and that we are doing um, what God was, would have us do with each of those resources that are put in our control. Well, Gavin Martin, always great insights. Thank you so much for taking some time to share your thoughts with us today. I'll point people to Cornerstone Wealth. Simply Google Cornerstone Wealth. Gavin Martin is the founder and managing director of Cornerstone Wealth in both Melbourne and in Sydney. Gavin, thanks so much for being with us again today on 2020. Thank you, Neil. Great to be with you. Before you go, thanks for listening. There's lots more great audio on demand, or you can listen to us live at visionradio.org.au. And remember, Vision is listener-supported. Your donation, large or small, will help us continue connecting faith to life for hundreds of thousands of people across Australia and around the world. Learn more or donate today at visionradio.org.au.